somebody if you're clapping, do it very well for Jesus. I cannot hear your clap, do it a little better for Jesus. Let the Lord know that you're present in the garden of his people. Come on, do it a little better. Do it a little better. Do it a little better. Some more for Jesus. Hallelujah. What a joy to be back here today. What a joy to be a part of Discovery Conference 2023. And what a joy to be with my friends again and with all the uh, beautiful uh, women and men of God that are present here. Can we celebrate the glory of God in this place? Come on, let's do it. Let's do it well. Let's do it well. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Wave those hands to Jesus all over this place. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your presence here. Thank you for that powerful word this morning. You are our backing. You back us up in every situation. And if there's a man that can stand for you, there's always you, our God, who stands behind us. I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel army is always by my side. Lift those hands to Jesus and just bless him. Just bless him. God of angel army. I don't know the battle you're fighting this moment. Angel army. I don't know the battle you're fighting this moment. But the presence of God is with you. I know who goes before. The hand of God is with you. That song is just a word for somebody here who is in the midst of a battle. God just said to remind you that it's with you. It's with you. It's with you. It's with you. And it's fighting your battles for you. Fighting your battles for you. Fighting your battles for you. Somebody who is asking the question, how shall these things be? Yes. Lift your two hands with me, everyone. Russell, we join our faith with that of that one person here who is in a fierce battle right now. We stand in agreement of faith today to declare that that battle is over. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And it's not just over, but you win. I said you have won that battle. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The God of Angel Hami is fighting your battle. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Lord, we ask that you breathe upon your word today. Let it miss our grace to every error. Let no one be the same again. Sweet Holy Spirit, we give you permission to move over our lives. Send the unction that makes the teaching and preaching of your word easy. Let it come with transformational power. And let grace rest upon us to launch us to our new level. Well, thank you, everlasting Father. Let the revelations of this morning lead to transformation in somebody's life. Heal us, spirit, soul, and body. Let it be, O oh God, that no one will remain on the same spot. Thank you, Father. We we'll bless your holy name. 
in Jesus precious name somebody shout a better amen come on put your hands together celebrate Jesus a little more this morning hallelujah please you may have your seat can you help me appreciate Pastor Shane for that powerful word one more time no, 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 you're not doing it well enough. Praise God. All right, I just want to pick up from where I stopped yesterday. And I believe that God has specific words for specific people here. So I want you to uh, please pay rapt attention. Make up your mind to be here and here fully. You know, you can be present and not be present. Yeah. Uh, when... Your mind is encumbered with many things. You are present, but you are not present. So if there's somebody here, you have been thinking of three things while you're sitting down, limited to one. Yeah, which is I'm here. And I want to engage divine presence here. Are you still with me? That is very important. One of the ways that you maximize divine presence is to give full attention, full attention, full attention. Elijah told Elisha, if you want this man to, just make sure that your eyes are fixed on me. The moment the host of heaven picks me up, the mantle is coming on you. And it happened exactly like that. Elisha set his face like a flint, just looking at that man, just looking at that man, like something is about to drop, something is about to drop. I pray something will drop on somebody here today. Oh, I said something will drop on somebody here today in the precious name of Jesus. You know, one of the beautiful things about teaching and preaching God's word is that it creates an atmosphere for mantles to drop. Yeah. And the mantle you receive is what determines the exploit you will perform. The things that limit other people will just open up to you because of a divine mantle upon your life, the grace that you carry. And grace and peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of him. And it's the knowledge of him that we're digging into. That's why you need to focus. Yeah. You need to focus. And just tell yourself, a mantle is about to drop upon my life and I will not miss it. I want to be focused. I want to understand what God is saying to me today. And I believe uh, that God uh, will speak to you in unmistakable terms today in the name of Jesus Christ. Or oh, somebody say better, amen. amen. Yesterday I spoke to the subject of zooming out and understanding that you are always in a season. And the need for you not to be buried in your current season. The need for you uh, to be focused on working with God so that from season to season you remain relevant in God's uh, uh, you know, divine agenda. You know, somebody can be relevant in an agenda for this season but may not be relevant in the next season because the person has lost focus. Some other times that people just get buried in a season and just stay in that season. And yet, the season has expired, but we're still there. It takes courage to translate from one season of existence to another. It takes courage for you to redefine your job description when you are self-employed. <laughs> you know, one of the dangerous things about being a CEO or senior pastor or, you know, apostolic leader or whatever you call yourself, an entrepreneur, is that nobody writes your JD for you. Nobody writes your job description for you. You know, when you work in an organization, they say you are a manager. They give you your job description. Uh, they give you a task, duty, and they tell you, this is what we expect you to do. This is the goal. But when you run the show, 
You have to work with God to set the goal. You have to work with God to determine your job description. You have to work with God to determine your task duty, the things you must do every day. Like Apostle Seman was saying yesterday, one of his points in, in the school of faith is your capacity, your ability to know, uh, uh, you know, what your obligation that we hold the hand of God to perform. And when you don't understand your obligation, you may be locked up in an expired season. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Uh, this morning, I, I want to look into things that will help you to understand why people tarry in an expired season. Why people get locked up in a season that, that has expired. And I'm going to look into the life of a few people who were able to escape expired seasons. I hope this will be a blessing to you today. Oh, uh, I cannot get your amen. amen. So it's important for each and every one of us to understand one of the, the things I had to contend with when I started to run multiple organizations and lead is that at the end of every year, I had to be able to redefine my role and sometimes change my title just to communicate something to my brain. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you are on the same, they call you pastor, pastor. Uh, when you call yourself lead pastor, for instance, you know you are leading other pastors. You have to model the right things to them. You have to engage with them from time to time to teach them things. So you're not just pastoring the congregation, you're pastoring other pastors. Yeah. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you're running your business. Uh, what is your, what, what's your title as a business leader that can help you scope and configure your obligation? What's your job description in your office right now? If you want promotion, you know, they can call you manager, call yourself senior manager. Put pressure on the grace of God upon your life to perform at the level of a senior manager. Your season will change fast. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah? Your season, if you want your season to change, what you do is that you put pressure on the grace that you carry by, by instigating a change of expectation on yourself. A lot of the time, believers will leave ourselves to ourselves and what is left to itself will spoil. Yeah. All objects remain at a state of rest until a relevant force is applied. That's new things first law of motion. Sorry, if you study English in school, you may not understand what I'm saying. But at least you did elementary science or something like that. And they, 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 they see, everything in this world obeys the law of movement. The law of movement. The law of movement, which is that we're created for motion. Yeah, we're created for motion. To make progress, you have to move. Abraham moved. He's the father of faith. Genesis 12 from verse 1. God appeared to Abraham. He said, come out of your people, out of your kingdom. Go to a place I'll, I'll show you. That is movement. Movement. Many people are afraid of movement. They are afraid of doing something differently. Afraid of some, doing something new. The audacity of faith is the, the number one premise of the audacity of faith is movement. The, the first way it shows yeah, is movement. The ability to just step out to do something. When we say you are audacious, you know, that's why Paul writes and he said, faith without corresponding action 
is dead. Movement. Tap your neighbor for me and say movement. <laughs> say it's time to move. Just move in the right direction. Yeah, don't move anyhow. It's only the devil that goes to and fro. Does not have direction. You know, in the story of Job, when the devil showed up, when God was having a meeting with his people, the devil also showed up. Say, ah, where are you going? Say, I, I'm just going from place to place. Yeah. May you not go from place to place. Yeah. You know, in the city of Lagos where I live, when you stand on the road, you see human beings behaving like evil spirits. <laughs> you just feel them roaming all over the place. They don't have anywhere they're going. They just roaming the place. <laughs> and any city where you go, and you see people roaming, it's, it's the oppression of evil spirits. I'm not trying to spiritualize it, but that's what it is. I remember visiting the nation of Liberia. I think this was 2011 or 2012. I stood on the road. I was there for a weekend of ministration. I stood on the road. I think it was a Saturday. And I saw young people just moving all over the place. So I called uh, one of the young ministers that was with me. What's going on here? How come, uh, he said, Pastor, uh, so that's the problem of our nation. He said, you know, in this place, after the war, a lot of people were taken to Cote d'Ivoire, taken to different places. Some of them were just seven or ten years old. By the time they got back, they're now in their 20s. They don't know anybody. They just came back to the country. Their parents died in the war. So they're just there. They just move around. They just move around. The evil spirit of the war is still there. <laughs> it's still troubling them without direction. I'm telling you the truth. That's what happens when the devil has a way of getting people to become disarrayed in their mind. When you wake up in the morning and you cannot articulate what God is doing today to you. It's an attack. <laughs> Somebody doesn't understand what I'm saying. Yeah. See, some people think it's when you see I am a tanga in your dream. That's when the devil is attacking you. No. <laughs> That's when the devil, No, no, no. When you wake up in the morning and you cannot articulate the move of God through you for that day. How God wants you to move. You're already under attack. Yeah. Such people stay in the same season for too long. But when you can articulate what is ahead, what God is doing now, and how I'm supposed to represent and participate, that's a person that's given to movement, to motion. And you start to see seasons unfolding in your life. Abraham could never have become father of many nations in Haran. That's not the place of fulfillment of the divine vision. Movement, ladies and gentlemen, is what characterizes audacity. Real kingdom audacity is about movement. It's about movement. And I'm not only talking about physical, locational movement. Romans 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's called movement. Mental movement. Emotional movement. You have been in this depressed state for too long. Move. Yeah. Renew your mind. See something differently. And start to move. That's the audacity of faith. And somebody saying, PG, what are you even talking about? You don't know where I've been. You don't know what's happening around me. That's why I just, you think it's just that easy. Last Sunday, <laughs> a man, you know, had a, you know, a few moments with me and was telling me, he said, PG, at 52, I've been struggling. He said, a lot of things have happened to me. He suffered a divorce. Then he lost his job. He said, for like three months, I didn't even come out of my house. He said, I didn't even come out of my room. It's a problem. I said, I, I hope you know you were depressed. He said, yes. I said, so what's going on now? 
because here we don't tell story. You're going to have to put that depression behind you. And I'm not trying to be hard on you. Yeah. You know, if you have never been depressed before, sometimes it's difficult for you to empathize with people who have been depressed before. I hope you understand what I'm saying. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> I have tasted a little bit of depression before. Just a little. This thing I'm teaching this morning is what did not make it to stay. <laughs> because we just keep showing up in the presence of God and in the right direction, and before you know it, it will lift by itself. <laughs> it's when you stay, when God told Abraham to go, Abraham did not know where he was going. Even when God told Abraham to go and sacrifice Isaac, he didn't know where. You can imagine you are carrying the biggest seed of your life. Uh, like you empty your bank account and you're walking around Abuja. I say, where are you going to drop it? I say, I don't know. If wherever God told me to drop it, that's where I will drop it. I'll just keep moving. Because if I stay in one place, I will miss something. <laughs> I mean, Abraham was a crazy guy, you know. I say it with due respect to Father Abraham. <laughs> No, no, but you, you understand what I'm saying? You have to be that crazy with God not to be stranded. Some people are too intelligent for themselves. That's why they are stranded. You must rationalize everything. Everything must make sense. Audacity of faith does not deal with only sense. Yeah. When you walk in audacity of faith, some things will not make sense. But it will make spirit. Spirit is different from sense. When it doesn't make sense, make sure it makes spirit. How do you know it makes spirit? There's a biblical reference to that action. Somebody has done it before in the Bible. Then it may not make sense, but it makes spirit. I will sit together. If somebody say here. Yeah? When your friends tell you you are not making sense, just tell yourself, I make spirit. Because Abraham did it. Yeah. Because David did it then it makes spirit. Not everything must make sense. Some things only make spirit because there's a biblical antecedent unarguably biblical and scriptural. Then it, make, it makes spirit. Are you still with me today? Very important. Very important. Let's, let's, let's drill down on this. Why people get stuck in whole seasons. By the way, there's something I wanted to say yesterday that I forgot that I need to say it very quickly as I run through this is that when it comes to seasons, I preached so many messages on it, and thank God, Apostle uh, 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 Sema also mentioned the message he preached on it, so you can get all those messages and listen. Yeah. When it comes to seasons, one of the things that can get you trapped is comparison. Two people, husband and wife, can be living in the same house, and they are not in the same season. I've seen business partnerships break just because of, I mean, you can imagine two people started a business in our church and I was mentoring them. And one decided, oh, I'm going to move my family abroad. And he had enough savings, his wife um, at school abroad. You know, they, there's a peculiarity to their family that hated their movement abroad. But the partner in the business felt, ah, we're 50-50 equal partner in this business. 
how come your family can go abroad and my own family cannot go abroad? And it's uh, from the money we're making here that you still be sponsoring them there. That's how trouble started. Yeah. The fact that my partner is in transition does not mean I have to be in transition. Two people can be married, husband, has been on the same job since five years. Wife has changed job three times or four times in five. Every year, wife is changing job. And you just say, ah, what is it? Your family members will not have to tell you that your wife is using your star <laughs> to get jobs. <laughs> Before you know it, you too. You now have a strange dream. You know, when people are telling you some things too much, before you know it, you dream about it. You just see your wife sitting down, looking at the stars. <laughs> in the dream. And there's one star that's bright, that's shining like this. You now wake up and say, ah, it's true. She's watching my star. And before you know it, they say your wife is a witch, and you too will believe it. There are seasons. What God is doing in your life is different from what God is doing in the life of your wife. If we to see... If God had to keep you on your own job for five years to teach you something, whether to trust him, whether to, to, you know, to know how to deal with people or whatever before he unleashes you, don't compare yourself with the other person. We're always in a season. I just need to be able to define my season and then define the other person's season, identify the difference, live based on my season and allow her to live based on her season. Are you still with me today? So when you compare, maybe that's the first thing we'll put on the table. Ungodly comparison will keep you in an expired season because you think that God is partial. And like we heard yesterday, God has integrity. You know the truth? <laughs> Based on the integrity of God, there are certain things that will not change. If you have to go through it, you will go through it, but it doesn't leave you the same. I was reading this morning, studying uh, in my Bible this morning, I think it's Matthew 26 or so, when they came to arrest Jesus. You remember? You know, as they were arresting Jesus, one of the disciples of Jesus brought out a knife or sword and cut the hair of the servant of the high priest. You know what Jesus said? Uh, he said, don't you know that they that live by the sword will die by the sword. He said, don't you think that my father has legions of angels? If we need them to, first, I mean, to stall this arrest, it will deploy angels. But this one must happen, that the word may be fulfilled. There are some things that must happen. <laughs> it's not that God is on holiday on vacation. And that's why they, they could arrest his first begotten son. No. It was part of the deal that he will be arrested, he will be beaten. 39 lashes so that you can get your healing because he was wounded for a transgression, bruised for our iniquities, according to Isaiah 53. The, the transgression of our sin was upon him and by his stripes. So if they didn't arrest him, how will we get the stripes? And Isaiah prophesied that over 200 years before that time, thereabout. And the prophecy still came to pass. And Jesus understood the prophecy. So, so if you understand prophecies, then you understand that when some things are happening, when you are in a season, and somebody's in a season, <laughs> maybe it's just a word being fulfilled. That's why David said, I come, lo, as it is written on me in the volume of the books, to do your will, O God. 
to submit myself to do your will, O God. So I said that to, to make you understand that God is running this world in seasons. When you confirm a season that God has placed you, there's something that God is doing in your life in that season. You must submit yourself to it. But you must not allow that season to expire on you. Because there's a new season ahead of you. They go from glory to glory as they appear before God in Zion. Daily before the Lord in Zion. Your next glory is a new season. But when you stay with ungodly you know, comparison, you just realize that you, you are arrested and you get stuck in an old season. Another thing that keeps people in an old season is ignorance. Ignorance. Ignorance will keep people in old seasons. Ignorance. Somebody said ignorance. Yeah. Ignorance keeps people in old seasons. Proverbs 24, when you read verse 3 and 4, it said, true wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding it is established, and by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. True wisdom, and by understanding. When you see an ignorant person, ignorance is a bad thing. In the, in, you know, God, in his dealings with Israel, a lot of the things that will characterize their seasons have been written down. Sometimes they don't read it. Even the captivity, God told Abraham, your children will be carried away in captivity 400 years. It was actually mentioned. You are not looking at me like Bible scholars. In the dealings of God with Abraham, I think it's Genesis 17 or so, he told him they're going to go into captivity. They did 430. Yeah. People like Daniel will study to understand what has been prophesied, what had been said. Whether it's captivity in Babylon or whatever. See, when people choose ignorance and they say, like the word we say, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> it is ungodly bliss because ignorance keeps you in a place that you are not supposed to be. Ignorance will not allow you to, to understand your capacity or God's capacity that can be expressed through you. Ignorance will limit your capacity for vision and to see things differently. And I need to say this to somebody here. A lot of the time when we talk about ignorance, the people's mind go to what? Books. They have to read books to be enlightened. I agree. It's just one. There are many other ways to come out of ignorance. Just talking to the right people. Which book is that? Is there a book of Abuja? Has anybody written a book on how to break through in Abuja? It's human beings you talk to who have been here before you. Yeah. The kind of question you are asking is what time the kind of answer you will get. What kind of question are you asking? Questions have a way of breaking down, the, you know, destroying your ignorance. How to do this? How to do that? Our word is filled. The Bible says in the, in the last days, the glory of God shall fill the earth as water covers the sea. And part of that glory is knowledge. That's why the internet has to come as part of the last days. Before the internet came, there's no repository. There's nothing that we can sit with and and acquire knowledge. Today, people sit at home, get degrees, you can even get PhD online, everything. 
with the advent of AI right now, knowledge is at your fingertips. So it's not just about reading books alone. You can read books, but who are you talking to? Where are you going? That's how we break the backbone of ignorance. Somebody says, the call of God of my life is to be a chef and a baker. And I will own the biggest, you know, conventionary in Abuja. But have you visited the most prominent ones now to understand their operation? Or you sit down and be using toothpick and be watching African magic. And, and yet you still be... Do you get what I'm saying? So it's not just about going to school. Life itself is a school. The kind of engagement you are having is what breaks the hold of ignorance upon your life. Because understanding comes when somebody, ex, you know, just exposes something to you. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me? Ladies and gentlemen, I need to understand something. If you're in this kind of church, you must understand that your church, your pastors, they are products of knowledge, of mentoring, of engagement with requisite knowledge. You can't be in this kind of church and not have a mentor. You can't be in this kind of church and, and suffer lack of exposure. Because you have people here you can talk to. Some people are too proud to ask, show me the way. So they are locked up in a season that they are not supposed to be. And somebody here, listen to me, you are probably your best season of life so far. And you are enjoying it, but there's a greater glory ahead of you. But don't allow the, uh, you know, the allure of this moment to, to hold you back where you are. Because there's something greater. And you will not allow pride to keep you there. Glory be to Jesus. Does somebody say better? Hallelujah. Let me quickly add something to that. Another thing that keeps people in inspired season is idleness. Idleness. And I will explain that. You know, the devil tempts everybody. Right? For idle people tempt the devil. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I say that one more time. The devil tempts all of us. But the nemesis of the devil, idle people, they tempt the devil. When you engage idleness so much, the devil will be looking for what to do with you. You know, when you don't have space, there's nothing. You know, there are some people that want to commit adultery, but they don't have time. They're too busy for it. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, they're too busy. Uh, a, a baby's hiring you, but you have a meeting to catch. They're just like, Shale, what's wrong with this one? So, Destiny is calling me. Let me be going. You understand? When you are busy, that's, that was the nemesis of David when he slept with Bathsheba. It's idleness. Yeah, it's idleness. In the time where kings went to battle, David sat at home. Yeah, drinking pina colada. And just uh, been idle. That's why his eyes will see. I said that an idle man tempts the devil. See that thing that happened to David? He was one that tempted the devil. The devil did not tempt him. Yeah. You cannot be on the battlefront and be seeing a naked woman. Yeah. Are you still here? Yeah. 
<laughs> There's a battlefront of life where God is calling you to. If you are present consistently, you will not see what you are not supposed to see. And when you start to see the things you are not supposed to see, you will remain an expired season. Do you know that season for David was so elongated? From adultery to committing murder to the woman now having a baby and God now... Do you know how long that took? All that season, it was an emotional wreck. God was dealing with him. He was dealing with himself. He hated himself. You know, it took time. You know what he could have achieved within that time? It took time. Gave back to the baby. The baby died. All that, they mourned the baby. You won't even be in all those seasons at all if you just went to battle once and come back. <laughs> I don't know if you are getting what I'm saying. Somebody, let me tap your neighbor say, mind your business. Say, focus on your business. Say, focus on your calling. Say, focus on the mandate of God on your life. Glory be to Jesus. When you choose to focus on the mandate of God upon your life, there are things you won't have time for. There are things you won't have time for. I got back from a trip. I was thinking about it this morning. My phone has uh, this Google stuff that I enabled to just show all the places I've been within a time. And then it will send me summaries. So it sent me a summary of three weeks, knowing that I'm now back at the base. I don't know how Google does it. I don't even know how I enabled it. I stumbled on it. Yeah. And then I go back on this three weeks trip, just a little over a week ago. And then Google was showing me that uh, I've covered, I can't remember the thousands of miles, but it said I've been to 16 cities. The truth is that I can only remember six. The rest are probably cities where I had a stopover to connect a flight, but I was actually at six cities. Yeah. With meaningful engagement, ministrations, and all that, Google calculated 16. And then calculated in March this year, <laughs> when Google showed me what I covered within three weeks, my trips are usually about three weeks, within three weeks, I was afraid for myself. Yeah. From Lagos to South Africa, I took the the longest flight I've ever taken before, from Cape Town to San Francisco, 16 hours in the air, once. And then different places there, and then from there uh, to New York, from there to Canada. So when you finish and you get back, and Google show you everything, yeah, you, you either tell yourself, God is using me, or the devil is moving me. You see that one, yeah. but I know it's God that's using me. <laughs> you just see how meaningful your life has been. Yeah. How meaningful your life has been. For those of you on social media, how you know how meaningful your life has been is when, if you're very good on social media, sometimes just take two or three weeks and check all your posts and the pictures you are posting and ask yourself the relevance of all these posts to eternity. You will mark your own script, whether it's devil using you or God using you. Yes. 
I'm just trying to make this practical. Is it working for you? Yeah. You mark your own script. You know whether God is using you or not. Can you tell your neighbor for me, say, don't be idle. Or tell somebody else, say, don't be idle. Let me add just two more to it, and I'll start to wrap up. Another thing <laughs> that keeps people in an expired season is immaturity. 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 Paul said, when I was a child, I taught as a child, I reasoned as a child. And when I became mature, I put away childish thinking. You see, there are certain things and certain seasons that God will not commit into the hand of an immature person. Certain things, certain seasons that God will not commit to the hand of an immature person. Just the same way that you don't commit greatness into the hand of a child. You don't put your best car and give your five-year-old the key. I'm sure you've heard that many times. But people think in the things of the spirit, the God of all grace and mercy will change the rule. The integrity of God commits him to manage your life in a sustainable manner such that you will not be destroyed. So there are some things that if you don't have capacity for, God may not allow them to come to you. Based on his integrity, notwithstanding how much of crying you have done at the altar. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. One of the greatest prayers a believer can pray is, Lord, give me capacity for my opportunities. Yeah, give me capacity for my opportunities. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Many people are praying for opportunities without considering their capacity. One of the things, like Apostle Sema taught yesterday about your obligation for your next level is building capacity. God is not bereft of opportunities. He doesn't lack opportunities. He's not looking for opportunities. Opportunities are bound everywhere. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. First uh, um, Samuel 17. David, at the valley of Ella, <laughs> for you to know that opportunities are everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. First Samuel 17, the valley of Ella, the Bible says in verse 1, now the Philistines gather their armies together in battle and were gathered at, at Sokot, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Sokot and Azekah in Ephesus, uh, uh, Damien, and Saul, and the men of Israel were gathered together and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the, uh, on the mountain on one side and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between. See, all this were happening and the Bible says in verse 4, a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from God, whose height was six cubits and a span. I can go on and on describing Goliath and all. But look at this. While all that was going on, some people are not, were not aware that there was an opportunity for somebody to gain stardom that day. As I'm speaking to you today, 
There are things happening in this Abuja right now. Presenting opportunity for somebody to step to the next level. What was happening in the Valley of Ella, not everybody was aware. If it doesn't concern you, you won't know. If you are not enlisted as a soldier, you may not know anything. That morning, David woke up. An ordinary guy, subject to his father. And his father just said, I'm going to send you an errand. Uh, this morning, you'll do Uber Eat. Oh, what? They do that here too, have you? Uh -huh. You'll do, you, you deliver food. Or you deliver it to your brothers. Yeah. At the battlefront. David was like, okay. I'll do that. He said, but, you know, this one, keep it. Use your sense. So you give this one to their captain so that you won't put them where they will kill them. You know, I'm doing it because of our family. Help me too. And David said, Daddy, no problem. You sort everything out. I will represent very well. Beyond food delivery, David had an added capacity to use the sling well. And he had killed a bear and a lion before. And he did not forget. When he got to the battlefront, an opportunity showed up. His capacity spoke for him. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? It's very important for you and I to understand. Maturity speaks to the capacities that I'm developing. Everybody will grow old, but not everybody will grow up. They're not the same. They are not the same. They are not the same. The fact that you are growing old does not mean you are growing up. Growing up speaks to capacity development. Emotional capacity to handle difficulty. To break down complex things. And walk through them as if they are simple. The audacity of faith. To speak to yourself like David did. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Emotional capacity, mental capacity, spiritual capacity. After this conference, we cannot continue to chase you too fast now. Yeah? And you want to be audacious. And you can't be audacious with your mouth and just keep food away for one day, once a week. Yeah? Because you need to develop spiritual capacity. If anything available must enter your mouth, Tell me how you prophesy. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> you, 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 there are things that give you capacity. If you seek and not sit with the word of God on your own to say I'm digging for revelation. You know, <laughs> when I was, I was teaching last night, I was laughing to myself because he was recommending that people need to sit and ask questions. How is this? And then you go into the Bible. And in my mind, I think I wish every believer would do this. Yeah. You know, as we were talking yesterday, some people have eliminated themselves. In their mind, they're saying, I, mean, I can't do all that. I can't do all that. I can't do all that. Yeah. I can't do all that. Some people want to be big, but you don't want to do what big people do when they are small. That, that will lead to their size. I was also laughing when he said, he was praying, you know, uh, map of Abuja, map of Nigeria, map of Africa, map of this. And so some people heard that too. And just say, ah, this thing is too hard. I, mean, I, can't, I can't do all this. God will do what he will do. 
You know, I'm even helping you now to rework that yesterday's message well. Because the excitement is over now. But the work has started. Yeah. The work has started. We have to develop capacity if we will not remain on the same spot. Spiritual capacity, emotional capacity, you know, intellectual capacity. That's what, so that opportunities that are everywhere, when they start to show up, something in you will resonate. Sometimes spiritual capacity. Some other times emotional capacity. Some other times, I mean, time will not permit me today, but when you look at Joseph, that was what Joseph embodied in Genesis 39. When you look at the story of Joseph, uh, uh, the Bible talks about Joseph, you know, showing up in Potiphar's house. He had enough capacity to take over Potiphar's house. Despite what was going on. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, verse 1 of Genesis 39, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, uh, uh, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. By the time you read verse 3 down, you see his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord uh, made all that he did to prosper in his hand. One of the ways you will know that God is with someone is that the capacity of God starts to transfer to the person. Can things fail in the hand of God? You are not here again. I said, can things fail in the hand of God? Can you see what he said there? That God made everything that he did to prosper. God made everything, verse 3 there, God made everything that he did to prosper. He, he was sharing in the capacity of God. Potiphar saw that and saw capacity and gave him more responsibility to take over his house. If opportunities can be available for slaves, what about you, free person? I'm saying the opportunities are everywhere. Yeah. By the time you go to verse 22, 21 and 22, you see Joseph in prison. Somebody is in prison, still getting opportunity. <laughs> Look at verse 22. And the keeper of the prison committed Joseph to Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. Opportunities are everywhere. I know the job you have now is not the job you want. What will change the season? Anointing that can bring up capacity. Yeah. Let's switch our mind. Tomorrow, they're going to have anointing service here. Come with an expectation. And it starts from now, actually. An expectation that I'm not living without a bigger capacity to attract big opportunities. Because opportunities are plenty. Opportunities are everywhere. Opportunities are everywhere. Can I say this to somebody here who may have a question on your mind saying, I just need somebody to anoint me and I know I will attract something. I've heard a testimony before that somebody just got a call or something just happened and they gave somebody a uh, 1 billion naira contract or 500 million naira contract and the person made 100 million and that's how the person broke through and became a millionaire from there. See, I've been pastoring for long. Listen to what I'm going to say now. I've been pastoring for about 30 years. I was a dean in 1994. I've pastored in Lagos for close to 25 years. 
I've seen things. When God, by stroke of divine mercy, allow you an opportunity that you're not qualified for, he does not expect you to remain unqualified. If not, you will remain a one-testimony person. You'll be sharing testimony of 15 years ago. <laughs> and you'll be saying, I was, you know, when I was in Abuja. Some people say, when I was in London. When you see them now, you don't have a cow, but when I was in London. <laughs> when I was in London, I was driving, so and so thing. I did this, I did that. What happened to them was they had an opportunity by stroke of divine mercy. The past they were not qualified for. They remain at the level of capacity that that opportunity met them. Rather than outgrowing that level so that they could attract bigger opportunities, they remain at the same level. And when that opportunity around is a life cycle, they got stuck in an expired season. That will not be your testimony. Amen. I said that will not be your testimony. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Let me start to wrap this up. One more. One more reason why people remain in expired season. Exhaustion. I want you to listen to this. This is very important. Because I believe this is for somebody's deliverance. Exhaustion. Exhaustion. What does it mean? What does exhaustion mean? It means tiredness. It means frustration. You know, there's a point people get to, they don't care about anything again. They lose capacity for aspiration. They have lost their passion for anything in life. They're just exhausted, 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 exhausted. And I pray for somebody here today that God will deliver you from exhaustion. Judges chapter 8, when you read verse 4 and 5, this is very instructive. Listen to the Judges 8, verse 4 and 5. It says, when Gideon came to the Jordan, and he and 300 men who were with him crossed over, exhausted, but still in pursuit. Can you see that? Exhausted, but still in pursuit. Then he said to the men of Sukkot, please give me loaves of bread to the people who follow me, for they are exhausted, and I'm pursuing Ziba and Zamona, king of Midian. I don't know what you are pursuing, but life is about movement. Gideon was exhausted, but what? Is anybody here? Gideon was exhausted, but still, still, Exhaustion can bring some. Somebody's listening to me right now saying, I'm tired of this marriage. This is the day. When you talk like that and you remain like that, you will not come out of a season. The only season that will be next may be divorce. And that may not be the will of God for you. Yeah. But because you feel exhausted in it and you're not thinking, the Bible talks about Gideon there. He, he, was, he knew what he was chasing. He, said, he mentioned it to them I'm chasing Ziba and Zamona, the, the, the king of media. But I'm exhausted, but I will remain in pursuit. When you know what you're chasing, even in the face of exhaustion, God will start to bring resources to you to just keep you up, to keep you going. But you will not stop pursuing. You will not stop pursuing. Say amen, somebody. Or say better amen, somebody. I said you will not stop pursuing. Frustration will not chase you out of Abuja. In the name of Jesus. If you are going to relocate, you will not relocate out of frustration. You will relocate out of a divine instruction. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. You know, as a believer, there are two ways to live. You either live by reaction or by revelation. 
Many people today are living by reaction. So, you are dumping something because of exhaustion, frustration, and all that. Not because you get an instruction from God that this thing is over. Some people approach me today to say, I'm tired of my marriage. I want, uh, I want to have a divorce. I ask them, have you prayed? What is God telling you? Because I'm expecting to come and tell me, God told me to divorce. Yeah. And then let's search it out and see whether truly God is the one speaking to you. Because some people just need, they, they, they want to get the permission of their pastor to misbehave. <laughs> so that they can quote you. To say even Pastor Godman said, it's okay for me to be going. <laughs> and then they will mention your name at family meeting. And everybody will be cursing your church. <laughs> that, that church, <laughs> that church where they tell people to, to leave their husband. <laughs> Why do people get exhausted? I just think I need to say this just because of somebody here. Causes of exhaustion. One, warfare. Continuous battle. I'm saying this for somebody to come alive with me. Please listen to this. Not every battle is your battle. If you want to be audacious, break from one season to the other, pick your battles in life carefully. Continuous battle will weary you. Psalm 46 and verse number 9. In New Living Translation, it said it causes war to end throughout the heart. It breaks the bow and snaps the spear. It burns the shield with fire. It said, be still and know that I'm God. I will, I will be honored in every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. See, not every battle is your battle. How do I mean? You will be exhausted and remain in the same spot. You are fighting at home, fighting at work, fighting somebody in church, fighting your neighbor, everywhere. Why don't you just say, look, which, if I'm going to fight any battle at all, which one? One of the ways you know the devil is after you is when you are combining battle with battle. One is enough. One, one, one. One is enough. You know that some people, my boss is against me. My spouse is against me. Even my pastor doesn't like me. Uh -uh. Only you. Before you know it, exhaustion will set in. Such people will remain in church five years. They're not making any progress. They're tired of life because it's battle upon battle. And it's a version of Christianity that makes battles fashionable. And if you get into that version of Christianity, you think what makes you a spiritual juggernaut is to be fighting battles all, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. That's what you think. You don't know that wisdom can make you sidestep a battle. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. Yeah. yeah, that's wisdom. That will make you sidestep. That's the wisdom of a soft answer. You know that the devil is trying you at home. You're not going to work. Your boss is trying to misbehave. Ah, wisdom of a soft answer. God bless you, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Because the one I'm dealing with at home is enough for now. <laughs> are you following me at all this is very important tell your neighbor for me say pick your battles yeah pick your battles pick your battles the manifestation of wisdom 
in the life of Solomon was that he had peace in all of Israel. The difference between Solomon and David was that David fought battles all his life. Yeah. From the days of Saul. From Goliath, then Saul. And you see the it's battle upon battle. Goliath, he won Goliath. Then Saul, now big guy, he won. You know, this small boy, he wants to carry my glory away. Saul went after him. Then another battle started. And then from that, Absalom, from, and then all the other kings and regions that they were fighting. It was one battle to the other, to the end that David never built anything serious. In the midst of battle, you don't build, you just survive. Yeah. Look at the temple of Solomon. Peace helps you to build strong foundation, build greatness. I would rather go for the wisdom of God that will allow me to build legacies. The wisdom of Solomon, the Bible says he had peace. He didn't fight any battle. Instead of fighting battles, he was building to the point that when the queen of Sheba came, her breath disappeared because the expression of this wisdom is too great. Tell your neighbor, say, I don't want battle that will distract me. I want to build destiny. Somebody who is listening to me right now, you know what's happening in your marriage. When you get home today, use wisdom to turn the thing around. Yeah. All this will fight you to finish uh, in this house. This is it. It's a distraction from your destiny. It will just lock you up in one season. Yeah. Just lock you up. You see, you can, you, you, you can win many battles and still lose the war of destiny. Yeah. Because the war of destiny is to make progress according to the will of God. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. In addition to that exhaustion also comes from wounds. Many people are accumulating wounds. You can be in a church like this. Healing is flowing from emotional healing to physical healing. You don't behave as if they're meant for you. Even when they call for people who want healing, you won't come out. You know, in a church like this, you can say, oh, if I'm not forgiving somebody since last year, come out. The Spirit of God is here. God is healing people of unforgiveness. Some people will not come out. Oh. But they know that if they meet their mother-in-law, if you leave them with their mother-in-law today, they can stab their mother-in-law. They will stab the woman. Yeah. But they won't come out. So you accumulate wound upon wound. It gets, it, it gets to a point that doesn't make sense to you again. And you just realize that you can't pull through emotionally again because there's so many wounds wound and Luke 17 and verse 1 says it's impossible that offense will come offense will always come there will be betrayers yeah there will be all kinds of things people will fail you don't just fail your destiny stop accumulating wounds and for singles here heal before you deal when you have been served breakfast Make sure they clear the table. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Clear the table very well. Make sure that everything is clean now. Yeah. But they, they can't serve you, pap, and you are still expecting fried rice on top of that. You have not finished the one. Uh -huh. You know, breakfast here, breakfast there, lunch there, only you. At some point, you just realize that it's difficult to even envision life making progress. 
And you know what? Can I say this? I need to wrap up. I know. But can I say this? When you are in that kind of situation and you keep yourself there, you are inviting demons. <laughs> demons find solace in dirty places. Vultures gather around waiting for wounded animals until they feel like they cannot move again. They are now dead. They will now pounce. When you accumulate wound upon wound upon wound, you are becoming a prey in the hands of the devil. Yeah. That's what happens. Have you seen the operation of vultures before? National Geographic or all those uh, wildlife, this thing. Yeah. Vultures can be gathering like this. So they see one injured animal. They'll be looking. They will wait. They can wait a whole day until that animal bleeds completely. And it's almost lifeless or lifeless. That's where they will pounce. And what people don't understand is that that's why the scripture has it said, is there no balm in Gilead? Are there no physicians there? How comes the wound of my daughters, the daughters of Zion, are not still healed? Not because there's no balm in Gilead. Who told you there's no anointing in this church? It's you that you're not positioning for it. Some people romance their wound like this. You think it's a baby. Like a newborn baby. Because they feel this wound. It's what gives me justification to misbehave. Yeah. You know, if I get healed from this, you know, this thing that came because I was abused, I will not have justification so that when they say I'm misbehaving, I'll say I've been raped before. <laughs> you know, sometimes you think that your wound gives you this moral justification, yeah, to, to just do some things. Instead of letting it go, Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy lady. He said, I will give you rest. There's rest in this house. I said, there's rest in this house. I said, there's rest in this house. Lift your two hands to Jesus all over this place. And just bless his name. I need to stop here. Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet, everybody. Glory be to Jesus. Rise on your feet, everybody. Talk to God today. I will not stay in an expired season. Somebody's ready for movement in this house. I don't know who you are, but the presence of God is here to give you motion and movement. You will not remain at the same place. You will no longer be stranded. There's audacity of motion coming upon your life. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Leka to predike shita kande legre dike sete kalata kaya. Ro predike chopa shite yende leke sise te karande leke sute. Rakoto predenge shite kradenge leka taka susute. Lambre dege sese te kyando. Eple kito koro do boshata. Re predike susuto kande lege shite yende nende moto kusuto. Ra predike shite yende. Wounds have been healed in this house. God is making warfare to cease in somebody's life. Somebody is gaining new capacity. New capacity. 
Rabrunde lekete kelendro do koposha. Ye pradige sisi teka langre deke te. Akro do koposha te ye deka ba. Lekro do bono kotuko suso tokara. Ye bredenge lekete ke sisi tekanda lagabaya. E brande leke sete kele gere de bosh. Rakoto koro de bosh. Bere de gele keteke sete kayada. Ro prende lege suto koro de bosh. Barande leke to prende minge tuko susoto kada. Ye krande lege bosh atayagaba. E krande lo prande lege teke sete kalagaba yaba. Man prande kele kete kele gebo. Ye prende lege teke susoto. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost a little more. I see healings for your wound. I see the Lord fighting your battles. I see fresh wisdom to pick your battles. I see weariness lifting from somebody. Thank you, Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Lastly today, I'm going to speak a blessing, but before I do that, if you can, whether you are here or online, can you lay your hands on your, on your head like this? You're going to pray one prayer. Father, give me capacity for my opportunities. Jesus, hallelujah. Give me capacity for my opportunities. You see, after this prayer, you know what, what's going to be happening? Just like David, I prophesy and I speak over somebody's life here. My God will start to order your steps to the place of opportunities. Amen. I said, My God will start to order yourself to this place of opportunities. Amen. And when you show up, your capacity will speak for you. Amen. You know, when David saw Goliath. He could just have already delivered food and just walk away. But he remembered by the Holy Ghost. He remembered everything that God has done through him before. His capacity started to speak from within. And then he asked a question. What shall be done for the man who brings down this guy? What shall be done for the man who brings this guy down? That means something in David was saying, I have capacity now. I think I can do this. I think I can do this. I want you to begin to pray right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in understanding. Lay your hands on yourself and say, Father, give me capacity for my opportunity. Give me capacity for my opportunity. Give me capacity for my opportunity. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Somebody pray it. Say, Father, open my eyes to see opportunities. Lay your hands on your eyes and say, Father, open my eyes to see opportunities. Open my eyes to see opportunities. Give me capacity for my opportunities. Le kradeka toto padeke. Ye greke to fradeka la kataya. Eke leke teke redeke bosha. Rope teke lege rede bosha. Ye brande leke teke lege redeke bosha. Rope nde nakatande lege denka taka yagaba. Rakata karada gaboya. Ye brande leke suto korodo gabosha. Baka teke nenke redeke bosha. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we bless your name. Father, we bless your name. 
So I prophesy as I've been commanded today that an end has come to useless battles. An end has come to needless battles in your life in the name of Jesus. That idleness will not rob you of your next season. In the name of Jesus, I speak grace upon you to maximize destiny. Receive the audacity to move in the, in the direction of God's will for your life in the name of the Lord Jesus. I decree for somebody here, you will no longer accumulate wounds. Receive healing for your wound. Receive healing for your wound. Receive healing for your wound. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for somebody here, your eyes are open to see opportunities. I pray for somebody here, receive grace for divine capacity. Be at the right place at the right time. In the name of the Lord Jesus. May your name be mentioned at the right place. In the name of Jesus. Between now and the end of this year, anything that needs to come into your radar, everywhere that somebody needs to mention your name, may they remember you and mention your name. In the name of Jesus. Somebody, you will no longer abuse opportunities. You will no longer mismanage opportunities. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless your name. Wave those hands to him and bless him. Just bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him, bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your two hands to him and just bless his name. Bless his name. Father, we thank you. Bless your name. Hallelujah. Thank you.